I've right? done this yep. before, actually. You've done you, it before. Yeah, so I went to the procession one year with a TV show, and what you do is you prostrate yourself in front of the palanquin, and it goes over you, bringing oh you good gosh. blessings. I can't believe pregnant women would want to do that. I know. Well, yeah. I well, mean, yeah, you're not dangerous. allowed. Not getting not in the middle of the road yeah. on all fours. I mean, great. for obvious reasons, it's not really a taboo. It's just kind of common sense that. Mm. Uh, but, but they may think that it might bring them good that's luck. True. Right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. So they may, you know, take that's that true. risk. Yeah. So this is a taboo that pregnant women aren't meant to prostrate themselves under the palanquin uh, to I'm get glad. blessings. I'm yeah. glad about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad about that. <laughs> those, all, yeah. I, I, all, those are all fascinating. I didn't know the one about the clothing one. That's, that's yeah, really interesting. interesting. You've got yeah. to wear, the, you know, dress up nice for so my... Yeah. All the people are in their new clothes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. All, all dressed in their Sunday best, I guess. Um, yeah, and so that's today's Brain Game. Hope, hope you uh, learned something new. this all about why are they doing that what's going on here it's curious john what is he curious about today imagine finding out that a place you thought you knew well is actually full of secrets i'm talking false walls hidden doors and secret passages It sounds like the premise for some pulpy spy novel, right? Well, that's what actually happened to me this week. For close to eight years, I never suspected anything about the great stone wall off to one side of RTI's parking lot. But the wall is hiding something, a Cold War mystery that's only just been solved. For years, I'd heard stories about RTI's neighbor, the Grand Hotel, about glamorous guests, grand occasions, and then rumors about strange tunnels said to lie deep underneath it all. No one knew anything for sure about the tunnels, only that they were supposed to exist. They do, and that stone wall? Well, it's hiding an exit. The secret's now out, and you can even sign up for a tunnel tour. But I still have a lot of unanswered questions about these tunnels, and I've gone to the hotel to get some answers. I'm joining tour guide Tracy Joe for a journey back in time to a world of jet-set VIPs, luxurious whining and dining, and an escape plan for the day when the Reds might show up to end it all. Join us today as we descend into the tunnels. To understand why the tunnels were built, we need to understand why the hotel was built and just how important it was in its early heyday. When the hotel was founded in 1952, Taiwan was in a bit of a mess. It had only been a few years since the entire government had fled here from China, pushed out by the Chinese communists. But while China had fallen to communism, the government here still claimed to be China's legitimate government, and it needed somewhere to host the various diplomats and heads of state that agreed with this and came to visit. In a newly built garden by the East Tunnel's exit, Tracy tells me more. Taiwan was um, built from scratch, right. but our government then determined that we are supposed to build a hotel to host state visitors. Not during that time, Taiwan is one of the founding members of the UN. Right, still, right, it's considered uh, the China's... We, we keep a lot of diplomatic ties with a lot of countries. 
but when they came here to make visit this known decent place to host them. So that's why uh, this hotel was built. So I understand a lot of famous people have stayed in this hotel over the years. Can you tell yes. us about some of them? One of them is the U.S. President Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Right, he came here in 1960. His visit was so significant. And then we kept his uh, suite until today as Eisenhower's suite. So as it was when he stayed here, untouched, basically. Uh, basically, yes. Wow. And there's some, been a number of celebrities as well. Yes, one of them is Miss Elizabeth Taylor. Miss Elizabeth right. Taylor, She wow. was very kind. According to the butler and the staff say, she was very kind to everybody. And she spoke softly and very nice to people. Then there were figures like the kings of Tonga, Thailand, and Jordan, the Shah of Iran, and a few officials who would later go on to become U.S. presidents. And then, of course, there was the president here, Chiang Kai-shek, and his wife, First Lady Song Meiling, the ones who had the hotel built in the first place. They were frequent visitors here, too, either entertaining state guests or just eating at one of the hotel's lavish restaurants. They needed protection, too. For Chinese communists, there was no shortage of high-profile targets here. And in the tense early years of the Cold War, it seemed they might show up at any time, sending either air raids or even an outright invasion force. Here is where the tunnels came in. Tracy takes me to the entrance of the Eastern Tunnel to explain. Now we are standing in the entrance of our uh, East Secret Passage. You know, uh, in the Grand Hotel, actually, we have two passages. Two. One, one is in the West, and now we are in the East. The East. Okay. And it's open just last month. So this is brand that's, new. That's right, brand new on the 25th of March, after 50 years. 50 years? Yes, that's right, ever since this hotel was built. Now, in 1952, the tension between the two sides of Taiwan Strait is still very tense, and there are sometimes air raid alarms. So we need to build these two tunnels for the sake of security. When the alarms are issued, then we can evacuate quickly of oh, those okay. VIP. Did, did they know about it, though? It was a secret, right? Uh, it's a secret. They don't know that. And <laughs> unfortunately, uh, we never use that. And never used, not even not, for drills? Not no, even practice? No, no, okay. okay. From here, Tracy takes me beyond a heavy door and into a dimly lit passageway that ends with a wooden wall. On the left and on the right, there are doors. Tracy wants me to guess which one leads to the tunnel. I've heard workers talking loudly behind one door, so I think I have the answer. Now, John, you say there are two doors on the two sides and right. a wall here. I want you to guess, where is the gate leading oh. to the passage, the secret passage? I've never been good at mazes. Um, <laughs> Well, there's a lot of noise coming from that side, so I'm guessing if we're going for secret, maybe this way? Oh. Can you follow me to say open sesame? Uh, open sesame? Okay, way. ready? Open sesame. Oh, oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> this is crazy. That's right. There we go. Wow. It was a trick question. With a touch of a tiny remote control I hadn't seen her holding, Tracy makes the wall at the end of the passageway open up, revealing the tunnel beyond. It's like something out of Scooby-Doo. The designers of these tunnels didn't stop at thinking about how best to hide the entrance. Every last detail, from the explosion-proof lamps lighting the way, was carefully thought out. Even the sloppy-looking plaster finish on the inside of the tunnel was deliberate. It looks like the workmen were too lazy to smooth the plaster out, just leaving it to drip. But the spackled texture they left behind might have saved lives. This passage is uh, six, seven meters long. Okay. And it has some features. You see uh, the lamp over here. They are all uh, anti-explosion. 
anti-explosion right. lamps. So when it's uh, when it was broken, it won't fly. It won't hurt people. The glass. That's, that's like the glass. Wow. That's very important. And also, did you see the uh, the gimbal from the roof? Yeah. Uh, then not the function of that. It looks like they maybe didn't do a very careful job. Uh, just right. Dripping down from the roof there. That's right. It used to eliminate your voice oh. or any sound from uh, anyone. So it's soundproof. That's right. Soundproof. So um, if there's someone chasing you from behind. It won't be easier for them to position where you are. They can't figure out where you that's, are. That's very okay. important. Another feature is that this passage is twisted. Yeah, you can't right. see the bottom. You can see the dramatic curves there. So uh, when somebody is behind you, then it's easier for you to avoid their chasing. And if they open gun behind you, then it's not so easy for them to shut you. The bullet can only go straight. Right, that's right. But oh. now the tunnel goes you know, twisted. So they really thought of everything. That's right. And now uh, when the tunnel was first built, they invited an uh, engineer from Germany. Uh, he offered a lot of professional advice right. uh, for the building of the tunnels. This German specialist, uh, he helped uh, Germany to build an underground bunker during World War II. Later on, when we get out of this uh, tunnel, you will see there's a big, a very thick wall. And that is, is project proof. That's the wall hiding the exit that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. What's most amazing about these tunnels is the fact that they were never discovered, even after the entire hotel was rebuilt from scratch in the early 1970s. Oh, one more thing worth mentioning. Remember that she said there are two tunnels and that we're in the eastern one? Well, the other tunnel on the west side of the hotel comes with an even more incredible extra feature. In the emergency evacuation, some people, they will carry very valuable baggages. Sometimes it won't be easier for them to evacuate. You so bring your jewels. <laughs> so they use this slide to evacuate all the luggage, briefcase, valuable things. Finally, after much snaking, we reach the end of the tunnel, a heavy steel door opened with a hidden switch. This time it's not a trick door, but as we've said, it is cleverly disguised. We're now out of the tunnel, standing in the open, but still invisible to any would-be attackers. That's because that big stone wall is now in front of us, and it arches over our heads too, giving us cover from above. From the outside, this wall blends perfectly into the surrounding cliffs. Now comes the part I'm most curious about. Was there a plan for what to do with all these fleeing people once they got out? Imagine the scene. There's an air raid going on. Communist troops have breached the tunnels and are chasing the people inside. Where would all these people go? This is the scenario. When they came out from the shelter, there would be a evacuation to the riverside. That's right, there's a river over there. That's, that's supposed to be a seaplane to carry them out. It once again blows my mind that all these complicated plans and mechanisms were in place, and almost no one in the hotel ever even knew about them. I later heard that people worked their entire lives here without ever figuring out where the tunnels were. Well, after many decades, the tunnels have finally divulged their secrets. But this hotel is chock full of many more legends. So join me again next time as we return for more Secrets of the Grand Hotel. I never thought the day would come when I'd play a Kenny G song in my program. Now I've gone 15 years Kenny G free, and now I find myself face-to-face with a topic that's just screaming out for Kenny G treatment. Now sure, he's a talented musician, and of course he has his gorgeous head of hair, but his music makes me think of an elevator stuck in the 1990s. So why am I caving in today? I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, I'll be playing some Kenny G, 
And if you want to blame somebody, blame the New York Times or perhaps the nation of China. 贴紧台湾的羊耳朵 ，an ear to the ground. Ah, there's nothing like a little California jazz to lull you to sleep, or make you go home. And in fact, that's what this song is used for in China, making people go home. That's because shops and schools and other public places will play it as a cue to let people know that it's closing time. Now, I have to give credit where credit is due. I read about this in the New York Times. And it was quite a surprise to me, especially since I actually lived in Beijing for a year back in 2002-2003. So how could I forget this? Well, here in Taiwan, they play a different song when it's closing time. They play this song by Fei Yuqing, a song that I've featured previously in Ear to the Ground. <laughs> Now this song makes a lot of sense as a closing song because it's called the Good Night Song, Wan An Chu, and the lyrics say very clearly in Chinese, "Let us say good night to one another and goodbye to this busy day. Cherish everything that's worth remembering, and don't hold on to the things you should forget. I hope you'll have sweet dreams and a silent night. Good night, good night, and see you again tomorrow." So after hearing this song played all over Taiwan in the last decade since I returned from China, it's no surprise that it would completely erase the memory of Kenny G altogether. But I am left with some questions. First of all, the Kenny G song doesn't have any lyrics, so the use of "going home" as a closing song would imply that people have to know the name of the song, and that they'd have to have a rudimentary understanding of English in order to actually get it. Now in Taiwan, some shops will actually use the Sarah Brightman song "Time to Say Goodbye," which also requires a little understanding of English. But at least that phrase, "Time to Say Goodbye," can be heard very clearly in the lyrics. Now the other question I have about the Kenny G song is: China seems to be pretty resistant to cultural hegemony, so why the use of a Western song so ubiquitously and so regularly? It should be mentioned that this song was released more than 25 years ago, and it's been a closing song for at least about 15 of those years, maybe more. So yes, it does have a catchy tune. I'll admit that, and I offer my apologies if you find yourself humming it in the shower or on your way to work tomorrow. I caught myself doing that more than once in the run-up to this broadcast. The funny thing is, after I read the New York Times article, I went back and had to listen to the song to figure out which one it was, and I recognized it immediately. But when I played it for my coworkers here at RTI, none of them knew it. So clearly, I must have heard it hundreds of times that year in Beijing, and now it's permanently lodged somewhere in my mind. And not surprisingly, as I listen to it now, I find myself stifling a yawn. 
So the question is, have I been conditioned to think of closing time when I hear it? Or is it the innate qualities of the song that led people to play it as a closing theme in the first place? Maybe Kenny G's better at using his music to convey messages than we give him credit for. He has, after all, sold more than 75 million albums around the world. With the Near to the Grounds, I'm Andrew Ryan. together already. It's time to feast! Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast and this is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. And I'm Reese Ayers, back again. Oh, you're stuck with us. That's the sticky right. Reese. <laughs> Very appropriate for today's episode. Yeah, we said, you know, stick with the gods, right? Oh, yes. So if you uh, didn't tune in last week, you probably don't know what we're talking about today. We are talking about a very sticky treat. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Reese Ayers. No, I mean... <laughs> sticky treat. I'll take it. <laughs> well, it's similar, like, you know, how Reese is stuck with our show, and he kind of, you know, made the example analogy of being a booger. A sticky booger. A sticky yeah. booger. Yes. Okay. Today we have a food that is has the consistency of a sticky booger. Right. <laughs> and it's just as sticky as you, but, you know, they're <laughs> sticky to the gods. I'm sorry. This is the worst opening to a show we've done ever (laughs) we're not really selling it guys i think Mm. a lot of people are like a food show i want to listen to something that sounds Mm. edible well (laughs) how about we say today's food is uh, well sticky in taiwanese we would say qq qq Q-Q. bouncy love that phrase it has Q-Q. a chewy qq yeah okay and actually when they they talk about qq they use the two english letters q q and it's right. very cute right yep. Where, where did they get the name QQ? We, you did a little research into this, right, Reese? Yeah, so QQ, anything chewy or this kind of firm but chewy texture uh-huh. we describe as QQ uh, in Taiwan, also in China. Um, it comes, they say it in China now, too. They do, but it comes from Taiwan, but they do say it in China. It's where I first heard it. Okay. They actually have some candies that are just called QQ candies. Oh. Um, but it comes from Hokkien, uh, a, fr- uh-huh. a Hokkien word or phrase, uh, which is Q, I guess. It's uh, a similar pronunciation. Q. Mm. Q uh, which, which kind of means wonky, wavy, curvy, or bendy. Okay. And they would, you know, they, there was one writer who, desc- who who compared it to somebody's permed hair oh. as being QQ to that kind of wavy texture. Oh, like my my natural curl will be QQ. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. It's kind of like wavy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be called QQ. So they took this word that meant bendy, kind of wavy and curvy and applied it to foods that have a very particular texture to them. Okay. And I, I think the English translation of chewy doesn't quite catch it right no when i think of chewy i think of something like uh like bubble gum is chewy yeah. or something that doesn't you know 
melts in your mouth. It's just kind of you need to chew. Like gristle on uh, right. pork yeah. maybe is chewy. Right. Yeah. yeah. QQ is more like a... Bouncy. F- bouncy, firm kind of chew. Right. It almost sometimes has a snap to it. It's kind of mm. like a gummy bear. Yeah, mm. gummy bear Gummy bear texture is QQ. Or even just like a little bit less chewy than a gummy bear. Even softer than a gummy right. bear could be QQ. So so with the double Q, it's, it's that texture, but... You know, Chinese people also describe people as being acu. What does that mean? Oh, duh. Wait, that's from the um, the 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 story by Lu Xun. It's from uh, an ancient Chinese story, the the real story of acu. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so acu means this person is kind of like a little bit dumb or slow. Yeah, oh, never heard yeah. that before. Yeah. So if someone calls you acu, then you know mm, they're that's, not saying you're chewy. That's what the IE was saying outside my building. <laughs> <laughs> not she, saying hello. Not saying that you have lots of collagen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, it's <laughs> saying you know you're acu. Yeah. <laughs> well, this phrase QQ is it goes to explain as to why so many of the most famous Taiwanese foods they have this QQ texture. Like uh, tapioca bowls in bubble tea. Mm. Uh, it's, that's boba. Boba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very QQ. Uh, okay. Oyster omelets. Oh. They have, they have that kind of that flour thing inside. It's like a tapioca flour yeah. or like a, maybe sweet potato flour mm-hmm. that gives it a chewy consistency. Right. I mean, the, you know, beef noodles soup, uh, the beef is often served with uh, the beef tendon. Right. Which is kind of QQ as well. And if the noodle sometimes, you know, it has that mm. bouncy texture, then it's cute too. Al dente. Al dente. Al dente. Yeah. yeah. A lot of things that are made from glutinous rice mm. tend to have a little bit of a QQ. A QQ mm. They have resistance. Texture. Resistance. Right. to the texture. Mm. Okay. Yes, but we don't have resistance when it comes to eating it, right, guys? Not at all. Yes. And in fact, we're going to be eating some things in today's show. Okay. Mochi. Mochi balls. Mochi, mochi balls. Mochi balls. Um, but this is actually not any old mochi. This is mochi for the gods. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you guys uh, excited? Yes. I am. Let's Shall we uh, check, check out what's the on menu. the menu? Okay, in our first course, we'll tell you why one local temple served up mochi for the gods as an offering. In our second course, Reese is going to join me in the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen to uh, try out an easy recipe for mochi. Well, in our third course, we'll sample them right here in the studio. Oh, will we be successful or not? That is the big old question. Well, you know, you can always serve us gummy bears. (laughs) If I'm in the kitchen, the answer is likely no success. Really? You're not much of a cooker. Not much of a cooker. And luckily for me living in Taiwan, it's cheaper to eat out than it is to cook at home. Okay. So we have a Cantonese song and it's by Jordan Chan, Chen Xiaochun. It's called QQ Lei Day Lei. QQ de Ni. What does that mean? That means uh, it's a very like you're Q-U. cute you or you have lots of collagen. Oh, so in this case, it's not chewy you. It's, it's a positive. It's cute you. Uh-huh. Cute. Cute. So sometimes when people say Q, they also are saying very cute. Nihan Kyo. How cute. Thank you, Ryan. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. You're welcome, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, Reese. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's have a listen to this one. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi 
朝朝通街企，望你欣赏痴心唔厌弃。豪迈美美啦，杀色亲你，我每一刻也挂念你。若有朝你把我飞起，宁愿把一五一惹我都死。其实我活出名好仔有口碑，情是专一冇话短尾。九四六八七一三四，我便会收爹飞车嚟陪伴你。Why do we have offerings, right? Well, well, why? I guess specifically, do we have people serving mochi for the gods at this one temple? I've I, never heard. I of never、this. heard、mm. of it, you know, because I've seen offerings like all different kinds, mostly fruit, fruit. and mostly like you know meat,、yeah. fish, but. Not mochi. Mochi sounds like a very odd thing to give to the gods. I know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they have things that have very colorful packaging, like red or yellow、mm-hmm. packaging. That's very lucky.、Uh, so the question is, why did this one temple? And we're talking about the、uh, in Taizhong. It is a temple for the Earth God. It's Taizhong Wu Qi Da Tian Gong. Yes. Okay, so, so is、why? it because they want the message to stick to the god? So make sure he he gets it.、Mm, that's actually not a bad、uh, guess, Alan Chu.、Oh. These were specifically mochi that had peanut inside of them, and so then they had a, a phrase that said, "Shimwaji hui nianqian." Oh, so, so because huashen peanuts. It's kind of like prosperity, right?、Okay. We talked about that in your birthday episode, right? Right. So prosperity.、What? So this is like if you have muaji, then you stick with the prosperity. It's actually two things. So we've got simuaji hui nianqian. So the mochi is going to stick to the money.、Mm-hmm. So it's going to come in and like keep the money, and then bai tu dou chi dao lao lao lao. So actually, the the peanuts. Are a symbol of longevity. Longevity. Remember、mm. from your birthday. That's、yes. right. We talked about the shape of the peanut, maybe resembling the、right. infinity the symbol. Infinity. Yeah.、Ooh. So peanut-filled mochi balls are gonna make the money stick to you and make you live forever.、Mm-hmm. Luckily for us, we've got some today in the studio. Yes. Wow. Well, hopefully we will. Depends on how things go in the Fusion's West Test Kitchen.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, this temple、mm-hmm. was actually established in the Qing Dynasty, twenty-seven years,、mm. and、uh, counting to today, it's one hundred seventy-four years old. And basically, they have the Fu De Zheng Shen, okay, and they have who is that Fu De? Fu De, it it means it gives you like good energy, okay.、Mm, okay. Wen Pan Guan, Wu Pan Guan. So one is the the one with literature, literature, and the other one is the Kung Fu Master God, the、I、military,、guess. right? And then Hu Ye Gong, Hu Ye Gong. I think he judges like kind of like a judge. Ooh. 
Yeah. Oh, so we want to be careful of that guy. Right. So basically, in this、uh, temple, they serve a lot of sticky things. Okay, they have like yu <laughs> fan. Okay, yu <laughs> fan is like the the rice. Right, hong gui. Hong gui is the sticky rice, kind of like gui.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so they take glutinous rice and they they often will turn it into the shape of a turtle. Oh, cute. Right, hong gui and,、mm-hmm. and sesame chicken. That、mm-hmm. one is not too sticky. Not too sticky. Ping an yuan. I think it's kind of like a. It's like tangyuan, tangyuan pieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. So basically, they let the people who goes there eat it, and then you become safe. Okay,、mm-hmm. that all that all sounds good to me.、Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this、uh, part where serving up mochi for the gods as an offering will、uh, will help you become rich? By sticking、oh. to the money that passes by you,、hmm. hmm. I find it interesting that in some Taiwanese traditions, I guess some a lot of East Asian traditions in general, there's a lot of focus on prosperity and money and wealth.、Mm-hmm. Um, that I think, as a Westerner and somebody who grew up in like a, in a Christian environment,、mm-hmm. that was quite different. You don't ask God for money, right? No, yeah, no. no. In, in, It's just blessing and good health. Y- yeah, you know, right, or, or and peace. Praying for particular, yeah, for、I、health、know. or for Chinese people always like go to the gods. <laughs> Let me win the lotto. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I heard there's one temple in Taiwan where you can go and they will give you money, and then、oh. you're supposed to obviously return the money, I guess, with some interest back to the temple. Yeah.、Wow. Actually, I've been to a temple where that happened.、Uh, there's a place、uh, called. Honglu Di,、mm-hmm. which is、uh, located in New Taipei City, in I believe in Zhonghe,、mm-hmm. and it's this amazing temple that has this massive, massive、um, statue of the god sitting on top of it. And a lot of people that go there will go in the middle of the night, and it's usually people who are in the service industry. And they do have one station where I think you can take one NT coin,、mm. and then if you make money, then you're supposed to bring it back、mm-hmm. to the temple and make an offering. Home all day, you also bring the golden chicken home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then it's like you have to bring the chicken back. You have to take care of the chicken <laughs> for the entire year. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like golden chicken with golden eggs. <laughs> yeah, that lays golden eggs. Yeah,、and、it's a statue. It's a statue.、Okay. Yeah, not a real chicken, but you're supposed to take care of it. Okay. Water or something like that, and then it's like after a year you have to bring it back to home、mm. all day. Do you know what's funny about that place, that temple? So I used to belong to a gym called Alexander, and I was friends with the、um, the all the people that worked there that were you know selling memberships,、mm-hmm. and they told me they were going, and I was like, oh, can I go along? And so we all went together. But we went after midnight. Yeah, you're supposed to go at night. Super weird.、Mm. It was the, super creepy. It's, it's not. Like the 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 god of like you know the the positive energy. It's, it's a more, kind of a negative energy. It's、god. kind of like、wow. the underground. Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of people in special lines of work that were at the temple. I if, see. Yeah, if、yes. you're like in the red light district, they、yep. go there too. Wow. That's so specific. Yeah, yeah, super specific. And when you go there, you have to climb like so many stairs to get to the top, and that's part of it. Is you actually、mm-hmm. have to walk up the、mm. stairs.、Um, The crazy thing is, though, is like within maybe six months of us going there, the gym went under. So, oh no! Yeah, and I lost a bit of money because I had a membership that was、uh, sure. just you know 
You shouldn't no have gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, you, you know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure that that temple is uh, doing yeah, what they needed to do. But, you know, oh. it's like Alexander and these sales are doing like day jobs, okay? Yeah. They're not like underground. So they shouldn't go there. Well, I think it's all people in sales. Because yeah. my husband, when he was in sales, he goes to Xing Tian Gong. Oh. Guan Gong. Uh-huh. Guan Gong is also in charge of like sales. Guan Gong, isn't he the god of war? Yeah. Oh. He's also in charge of sales. Oh, Yeah, so he goes to that one. Well, maybe if I see those uh, salespeople again, I'll just be like, maybe you went to the wrong place. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's for the red light district. <laughs> and yeah. by the way, can I have my money back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go into another song. And when we return in our second course, Reese and I are going to attempt to make some mochi. Attempt is the key Do word. Do you have to take Reese? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I need Thanks, some- Ellen emotional right. support okay she's just afraid that it's not going to come out okay right i don't i have trust in and faith in andrew you know he's oh, okay wow. okay that's that's but rare Reese, in the beginning you just said you're not really into kitchen and things like that there's, yeah. a, there's a first for everything okay she, she didn't have any distrust until you said that okay all right, here's a song called Tian 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 or Money Money Money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in Taiwanese it's G G G. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and this is by Wu Jinghong. So when we come back in just a moment, the test kitchen awaits. Listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. We're back in the Feast Meets West test kitchen, and Reese and I. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Doing good. We are going to be making some mochi. Are you looking forward to it? I've never made mochi before, and they're quite delicious. I'm excited. I'm your slave in the kitchen, Andrew. Uh, however, <laughs> I also believe in human rights, so uh, we're going to do this together. Uh, I've never made mochi before, but this is an easy one, and we are going to start by putting everything 
into a bowl. So we've got 150 grams of glutinous rice flour. We've got 30 grams of very fine sugar and 180 grams of warm water. And already you can hear the water warming up for our warm water that we're gonna add in. This is perfect. And we're just gonna mix those together and we're gonna pop them into our electric cooker pot. And we're going to uh, cover it with aluminum foil so that water doesn't drip on it. And then we're gonna put a, a cup of water in the outer bowl and we're gonna cook it until it's steamed done. And then out will pop the mochi, right? No, not that easy. Oh. <laughs> Let's start with this first part, okay? <laughs> How's it looking there? It's looking good. We've got the lumps out and now it's just a thick kind of almost, uh, what, what texture would you call this? Looks like pancake batter to me. Pancake <laughs> batter. It's good. I think it, this looks like something that would cook and make mochi balls. I think so. We're going to give it a go. Do you want to go ahead and plop it into our tatong? The goal is be like an electric cooker. And just dump this in? Uh, don't dump it in. Put the whole pot in. Oh, put the whole pot in. I guess. Yes. <laughs> I was going to pour it straight in. <laughs> this is uh, where our first mishap would have happened. Okay. And I'm just pouring one cup of water in the outside. And once that's done steaming, the whole mochi, well, should be close to done. So we need, just need to cover this with uh, aluminum foil. Every step of the way, you gotta tell me what to do because I am a nightmare in the kitchen. That's why I invited you here. I thought there'd be some good extra drama that we don't normally get. That looks good. My mother would be proud if she knew what I was doing right now. <laughs> I'm gonna call her and tell her. Okay, and you wanna cover just the inside bowl. Just the inside bowl. That could be a little tricky. All right. So we're gonna steam that and it's gonna steam for like maybe 20 minutes or so and then we're gonna have some mochi, hopefully. Yum. Okay, our mochi is done steaming, and look at that. I, it, it's an interesting texture. I want to poke it. <laughs> poke it then. I'm gonna poke it. It's like a weird kind of jelly, I mean, yeah, it's mochi. Have a little bite of it. And it tastes kind of, hmm, there's a kind of sweetness to it. I guess we put sugar mm -hmm. in, right? Um, but it's very subtle. So now all we have to do is just uh, roll this baby out. We're gonna put it in a plastic bag with a little bit of oil, and then we're gonna beat it with a uh, rolling pin, mm -hmm. and then we're gonna roll it out and we're gonna put some of the uh, peanut powder. We've ground some peanuts with some powdered sugar. So that's one to one ratio of that. Um, we've also done it with black sesame with powdered sugar. And we're gonna just uh, squeeze those into the middle of these mochis. Very traditional Taiwanese flavors. Delicious. Delicious, and hopefully it's gonna bring us a lot of money and uh, I guess uh, long life. Yeah, if they turn out okay. We're not oh, no yet. pressure. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so uh, that's what's happening now. Uh, and when we come back in just a moment in our third course, uh, we're gonna be sampling them in the studio with Ellen, but first a song. And this song is called... <laughs> the song is Nian 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 Sticky 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 by Cindy Wang. All right, Wang Xinlin, much more to come when the feast continues. Hopefully it's going to stick to our money, right? Let's get sticky. Let's get sticky. <laughs> Chit 
他失去眼罩泪珠，你还在男孩肩上露出甜蜜的微笑。Okay, so we each have a little mochi. Why do you have a special container for yourself? Because it was easier to keep one for me and give you guys the big <laughs> container. <laughs> Or that is a special one. So we're having our QQ delicious snack today. It's mochi balls, very Taiwanese. Yes. Yes, and we have two different flavors here. We do have some that have the peanut in them. And then some have、uh, black sesame、mm. in them. I have the black sesame.、Mm. Okay, I have a peanut, peanut one. I have the peanut one, yeah. Which、mm. I think I, I like both flavors. I, I like it a lot. I think、mm. they came out pretty well.、I'm、I think、impressed. you did well, Mr. Thanks, Andrew Ryan.、Uh, and Reese. And Reese. <laughs> and Reese.、Oh, okay. <laughs> I may not have helped as much as not helped. So what did you do? <laughs> I made the filling. I made the filling. Okay, how did you、um, make the filling?、Uh, it's very easy. Okay, I, actually, we were considering kind of buying peanut powder, but instead we actually bought a bag of raw peanuts still、wow. in their shell. I sat and deshelled those peanuts, Ellen. I have、wow. to tell you, actually, those are not raw. Those are already cooked、oh. in the shell. If they were raw, they would be slightly different texture. So we bought a bag of cooked, <laughs> cooked、okay. peanuts, but I did deshell them and then crush them、mm. okay. uh, in a in a coffee grinder,、um, <laughs> okay, and then mixed it with、uh, with the powdered sugar. Oh,、yeah. wow, amazing! Wasn't that a special <laughs> special experience? I'm not convinced by Ellen's praise. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that, big step for me, Ellen. Yeah, it's an extraordinary accomplishment.、Mm. Okay, we didn't even break the coffee grinder, so no, I think it's a great start. You、yeah. had、oh. peanut flavored coffee this morning, though. Okay, so basically. This is like teamwork. Yes.、Um, team Andrew and Reese. Okay. Teamwork is dream work.、Mm-hmm. And I have to say, this is pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's not finishing it though. I am. You know, eating too much <laughs> sticky rice actually gives you a tummy ache. Oh no! The other day, I w- I'm kind of like afraid because the other day we went camping, and the mochi there was so good. They made、mm. it like you know they were doing it in the traditional way. They were pounding it in、They're、a mortar and pestle. A,、mm. Right. And it was so good. They just put like peanut sauce all over it.、Mm. It was yummy. So I ate like twelve of it. Oh no,、wow. Ellen, that's crazy! And at night,、mushroom. my stomach was all like you know in gas. What were you thinking? It was so tiny, so、yeah. I just kind of like munched and munched and munched. It just kind of like you know you couldn't stop. Let's this serve as a warning to you, right? So don't eat too much mochi. My stomach was like in gas, exploding. Yeah, at night it may bring you lots of money and longevity, but it's going to make your stomach hurt a lot. I know.、Yeah. I don't want to blow my own trumpet, Andrew, but. This is some of the best mochi I've had. Oh, that's so good! Well, right, toot your own horn there. I think the filling, I think, is really good. <laughs> the filling is just so well made. Yeah, I see that coming. <laughs> this is the best one because the heart of it、mm-hmm. is just mm mm mm. And you can, you can taste the boogers, right? <laughs> yeah, the sticky boogers, just with the tint of the booger. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I have to say, if this we can is, be very this honest is the here, flavor that everyone is missing. If we can be super honest here, I was planning from like step one to like cut out all references to booger, but you guys have mentioned it so <laughs> many times in today's show that like it's impossible to remove every mention. All right, let's just clarify: <laughs> mochis are not giant boogers; they actually taste really good. Yeah, they're different, very different from boogers. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, thank you. I appreciate that. That is a public service announcement from Ellen Chu. Mochi are not boogers. <laughs> Right. Okay. We 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 would like to apologize. Okay. Um. This is amazing. Actually, you know, if you told me this was bought from a store, I would believe it. Wow. That's a good review. That's okay. that's a pretty good review. Yeah. I'm gonna put that uh put that in the back of my mind for next time <laughs> I want to make a lot of money. You know. So when you guys go back to the office, just tell people that you bought it mm. from the store in Hualien. And tell them that it must be eaten today because it's super fresh. Right. Okay. Super QQ. Uh-huh. And then, you know, ask them, you know, for their review. And see if they like it. I'm sure they're the going to say it's the best. If they really, really say it's the best, hmm. you guys know it's the best. Let me ask you about the consistency because we've been talking about QQ. Do, do you think that this is pretty close to the right consistency mm-hmm. for mochi? Because QQ cannot be sticky mm-hmm. okay qq cannot be stuck to your teeth mm-hmm. it has to bounce do you know what the trick is what After, so when you you take pound it, it well when you take it out of the steamer it's very sticky mm-hmm. it's super sticky and mm-hmm. super warm and it's actually really delicious but then to make sure it doesn't stick to your teeth and your tongue and everything the powder you put now you put it in a plastic bag that's coated in oil and then you massage it, you knead it, so that the oil gets inside of it. Not too much, just a tiny, tiny bit. And then it becomes the texture that you have there. And then you put it in uh, glutinous rice powder that's been cooked in the oven. Where do you learn this? The internet. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the texture is yeah. perfect. It's very QQ. And it, you're it right. Is. I just I just finished a whole mochi and it doesn't, there's not, there's no residue in my teeth mm. like you would get from maybe like some hard candy or chewy candies. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's perfect. QQ. I think even chewing gum is stickier than this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this one would be QQ. Success. 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 Thanks, okay. guys. It was a team effort. Mm. There we are. You did most of the work. I did like 10%. But Moral that 10% support. is what brought us over the top, Reese. There we are. <laughs> yeah. So you can have a little more faith in me, uh, Ellen, for next time. Yes, I will. You can go into the kitchen again. All right. Okay, you're Delicious. allowed. Well, next week we are going back in the kitchen. We're going to actually attempt to make an ice cream mm-hmm. uh-huh. and some wrappers to wrap it in Ooh. to make some ice cream burritos, Taiwan yeah. style. Runbing. Wow. Yeah. Sounds good. Yes. Will we be successful? That's the question. Okay. So what do you like to put in your mochi? Uh, why don't you write us a letter and tell us? Yes. P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. And email us at androo at rti.org.tw. Final mm. song here today, uh, very appropriately named Mwaji. Mwaji for everyone. Mochi mm-hmm. is by Wan Fang. Oh. For Peace Meets Us, I'm Andrew Ryan. This is Ellen Chu. I'm Reese Ayers. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Ta-ra.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International.